Hello there. This is the Star Wars Friends Show. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. What's happening, Star Wars friends? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Welcome, 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 everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter what time you're listening, it is always a good time for Star Wars. We are happy to have you here. Uh, my name is Justin Oldham. Uh, joining me today, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh. And Justin, I don't know why, but when you said the good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever, whatever, it made me think of Alan Jackson, <laughs> five o'clock somewhere, and it made me want to throw up a little bit. But, you know, that's that's where we are today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good morning, Weird. good afternoon, and good evening. Maybe like a Walter Cronkite old school there. <laughs> no, you're, nobody knows who Walter Cronkite I'm, is. Hey, I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle, and I I was watching Empire last night, and does does anybody know why you would pull the ears off a of Gundark in the first place? It just seems like hmm. what a horrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That is a pretty rough. That thing is to do. that is horrible. It's yeah, animal Mohan, cruelty. It's not that just nice. Just one of those <laughs> one of those phrases that doesn't actually have real world application. You know, they're not doing it. No, for it's real. just it's a turn of like phrase. A, it doesn't it's hyperbole. Really, yeah. Okay, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. And uh, I'm Maggie, and I spent most of my afternoon making fun of Jar Jar Banks' tongue, only to bite off a chunk of my own tongue mere minutes ago. Karma. Karma, it man. was karma. The force works in mysterious ways. It truly mm-hmm. does, and that gun gun. I mean, I think this is just proof that that Jar Jar Binks is actually actually a Sith Lord. Okay, hmm. this girl, Darth hmm. Binks. It's crazy. Well, welcome everybody. We are happy to have you here. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit of Star Wars. We had a relatively slow news week this week, but um, we did get uh, a little bit of uh, fun and excitement here, as we always do. Talking a little bit about uh, Star Wars Celebration. It's getting closer. So Every close. week, a little closer. We're at, uh, what, 72 weeks now? Is that right? 72 weeks and counting. That's crazy. It's right around the corner. What, yeah. are, you guys, what yeah. are we going to do? Mean, it's right around the corner. I feel like we were just in the 80s. <laughs> Some of us feel like we were in the 80s more than others. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely one of us feels uh. more that way than the others, I think. Yeah. I always love it though. The like uh, speaking of the eighties, these kids today—they're bringing bangs back in these mom jeans. Hey, I've had bangs my like, whole life. What is happening right now? A lot of nineties looks out there. What is happening? I live a bang supremacy life. <laughs> Justin's like bangs frame in the face. Mom jeans. Like, what? Woo. What year is it? <laughs> Justin's wardrobe is about to come back in style, guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, you I know, know right? he rocks those on bangs. Long enough. I had my uh, I had my Van Halen shirt on the other day. I, I will say I had a kid come up and said they like my shirt the other day. And I said thank you, thank yeah. you very much. Uh, big Van Halen fan. So, but. Uh, yeah, relatively slow news week in the Star Wars world. Uh, we did get a notification, though. Hopefully, those of you that have ordered uh, the 50th anniversary Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Jawa have received an email notification that it's shipping. And Kyle, I believe you got your Obi-Wan already, correct? I did. I got my Obi-Wan. I ordered him from Amazon. It's the vintage style one, um, but the six inch on the card back. 
Um, yeah, he came in a couple days ago. Great he shape. looks good. Looks yeah, nice. I like the face sculpt. From the pictures yeah. I've seen, the face sculpt looks really good. Yeah, he does. Nice. Oh, I'm excited. I'll, uh, I'll share a picture we can put on Instagram. Sweet. Yeah, mine's uh, mine is due Monday, I think. It's due Monday. Uh, and then uh, there was another shipping notification this week. If you had ordered the ginormous target 10 inch stormtrooper funko pop space for these things Jeez. kyle's out of the funko i'm game. out of the pop game i'm not getting <laughs> it anyway but like i don't even have shelf space for a giant cube yeah <laughs> it is big it is big it's I, uh, huge i shared i actually ordered it i just shared it with the group uh, before we started the show here and it, it's it's pretty big and i've i i got on this kick with the Boba Fett's they started they released the the black Boba Fett with like the, oh, yeah. the red on it the Futura the ones red, is that what yeah they were and then called? they had the red Boba Fett and then they came out with like a 10 inch regular Boba Fett and then they came out with another 10 inch Stormtrooper and I'm like you know what I'm not I'm trying to get out of the pops and then they keep rolling these 10 inch yeah. ones out that are pretty cool looking and suck me right back in I that's how they do it I have all three <laughs> of those know. Boba Fett's and I had to tell you guys a little Funko Pop story, completely unrelated to Star Wars, but I, I went to, there's a, uh, a band I like called Ghost and they have their lead singer like change, they have a gimmick and their lead singer like changes his character every album cycle. So there's like several different versions of a Funko Pop that are hot topic exclusive Mm -hmm. for that lead singer. And there was one that was online and then it was immediately gone, but I knew that the Ann Arbor Mall's manager loves ghost because every time i go in there to buy something she's like oh ghost blah 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 and she's wearing a ghost shirt and stuff and so i was like i bet you they have some extra ones in stock there or she they have if, if anywhere that's where they're gonna have it so i i stopped in there and she suggested as i went there to just buy the one they did have it and then she suggested sold me into two more because they were buy one get one half off so i got the fry kids from oh. mcdonald's and then i i was like oh you're only two dollars away from getting the hot catch and i was like ah oh, so then i got a <laughs> that is the hot topic scam i've been they've run it on me so many times i've got a trunk full of pops on there <laughs> buy one get two whatever two get one scam and then the hot cash and and then you're back you to spend it. That, uh, yeah. It's very addictive. I got their whole thing figured yep. out. They got you, Josh. They <laughs> they were like, let's get this guy roped in here. Yeah. It's like the, what's the, what's the commercial with the, uh, the fisherman holding the dollar? And he's like, Oh, you gotta be a little oh, quicker than that. Quicker than you that. almost had it. <laughs> um, yes. yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool pop though. I, I had to get it. It's an Imperial. It's a stormtrooper. Yeah. Love, love some stormtroopers. Uh, I did get an opportunity to get to big fun this weekend though. I always love going down to Big Fun. Uh, I talked to Jason a little bit down there, the owner. Super cool guy. Uh, I did manage to score this um, Yoda's Jedi Attack Starfighter in the green packaging, which is super cool and super rare. It's not a U.S. released figure. It's uh, Australia only. I got it at a great price. Um, but I, I would say, you know, walking into Big Fun, Big Fun has tons of stuff. Like, no matter what you collect, they have tons of stuff. Uh, My Little Pony, Barbie... Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, Silverhawks, uh, I don't even know. Voltron. They have Voltron, like GoBots. They have everything there, like everything you could ever imagine. But the two, like in the center section, they have these two giant islands and the whole top half is all Funko Pops. 
all Funko Pops of every genre imaginable. If you're looking for Harry Potter, if you're looking for Lord of the Rings, DC, Marvel, they have Pops everywhere in there like two giant islands full and it's i was, I was talking to him because he's he's always moving the store around every time you go in there it's a little bit different and, and stuff has changed because he's got to like maximize his space he has like no space in there for anything so he's always moving stuff around i said well if you get rid of those pops in the middle you might have a little bit more room he said yep yeah, i'm working on it so um but they Nobody's just you know pops yeah, it's uh, it's a hard move on the pops. So if you get them, you, you're in for the long haul. I would because uh, <laughs> if you go to tell, I mean, it's like I brought some back with me, some Star Wars ones in with me for a trade in. It was literally like we'll give you three dollars for them. That was about <laughs> it. Each so, or total. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, each, each. So there That's was nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I spent more than that on it, but at the same time, I don't want them around the house anymore. So that's perfectly fine with me. I got a little back. I got something equal value in trade last time I was there. So it worked out well. So, but yeah, if you're ever in Columbus and you get a chance, go check out big fun, super cool toy store, great staff, friendly people. Um, just really fun place to hang out in. You can like walk around and literally your eye goes to something new every single time. It's, it's even I've been there. It, well, yeah, it's uh, and I hate Columbus. It's, it's not hard to find. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> uh, it was beautiful Saturday though. It was a great day to get out and and get some fresh air and enjoy the weather. So, uh, last bit of news we have: uh, we have a huge announcement coming up on May fourth. Huge, huge announcement, it. people! It's Don't coming. So if you listen. Yeah, if you're a regular listener, you love the show, we've got a big announcement coming for you on May 4th. What better day to do it than Star Wars Day? I'm excited. Truly. I'm super excited. You guys and excited? I want to say, even if you hate the show, um, stick <laughs> around. Listen, we have a big announcement on the 4th. <laughs> like, yeah, you hate the show, but you're still staying. listening. <laughs> stick around. I do love hate listeners. <laughs> Happy to have you either hey, way. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I know all about watching something just to hate it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, it's it's it should be it's exciting news. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're we're happy to have everybody be part of it. So please tune in on May fourth, and we'll get that uh, we'll get that announcement out. We do have another live stream coming time. up here pretty soon at the start of April. It's April this what's the date? Friday. It's the second. This right? Friday, yeah, the second. So we've got a, a we've got a live stream coming out. Probably uh, talk a little bit more of our comic book stuff. Uh, we we talked a lot it. about that on the last Cover one. The comics. Yep, and then we'll uh, maybe we'll play a game. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a giveaway. I don't know. Come and see. Ooh. Maybe we won't. You know, we don't owe Ooh. you anything. What? Maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll look into Kyle our will magic. Give out all his pay information for money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll look into our magic orb and give you some hints, some cryptic clues about what our mm. announcement is. Or maybe we won't. Mm. Only time will tell. Little little nuggets. Chicken Ooh. nuggets. Speaking of, I speak, well, I've got on chicken. I love, I love a chicken. I, this nugget. is crazy. So I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I don't know if, if you guys have tried nuggets, the spicy chicken sandwich from McDonald's. Yeah. Has anybody else tried that? <laughs> yeah. It's Not pretty yet. good. I was Popeyes surprised. Popeye's is still king. McDonald's is better than Chick-fil-A, oh, yeah. but it's... Uh, Whoa, yes. look at yes. this guy. I don't mess with Chick-fil-A like in general. I've, I haven't dined there in years, but... Uh, 
That's a bold statement. People love it, their Chick-fil-A for uh, reasons. Yeah, um, I, I've never understood. I, I, um, their food is good, um, no. but I've never understood why it's people want to wait in that yeah. line so long. Other things that people don't like Chick-fil-A for aside, which I also am one of those people, but um, I, yes. I've never understood the, the, the line. It's, no. it's wild. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't wait in any, any drive-through in a line like that. No. I will say though their line their line I mean, management, their management is, is on super point. efficient. It is on point. I always said we should have let them handle like covid shots <laughs> because their efficiency when it comes to people moving is impressive. My pleasure. You got the guy out there with the little data pad put, and he's If they just put Disney and Chick-fil-A on the game from the from oh. the get-go this thing would have already been figured out. There would Seriously. be no lines for anything anymore. <laughs> you don't have to wait for anything anymore period. Uh, but no, uh, in huge news, I'm getting vaccinated on Friday, though, before our yeah. live stream. Yeah, so I get mine on Wednesday. That's pretty, pretty big. Welcome news. Welcome to the everybody. club, you guys. I, I got I mine know. last Saturday. I'm excited. I got mine in January. Vaccinated. Social worker. It's the one positive thing that's come out of this, <laughs> this job I have. <laughs> yeah, I had to wait oh. for the 40 plus mark. So there's that. This old guy. <laughs> two thumbs up yeah um but no it's exciting i'm, I'm excited we're uh, actually my wife got hers and we're both scheduled for wednesday like 15 minutes apart so we're going to commute down there hey, and that worked out yeah it'll be like a, a weird kind of covid19 era date thing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but no the, the the mcdonald's chicken sandwich man on point i was okay. shocked huh. actually shocked a uh, very similar chicken breast to what you get at Chick-fil-A has pickles on it. Uh, it was hot. It was spicy. Two thumbs up, two All thumbs right. up. Well, Go I'll try check it. it out. Justin, if it's terrible, yeah. you don't hear about it. <laughs> uh, I don't venture from my usuals at McDonald's very often. And I was like, right, you know what? Josh said the chicken sandwich was pretty good. So I took his advice and I said, well, they got a, a spicy one. Let me try I got that. The spicy one on accident pretty- one day and it was still pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. It was good. Uh, well, we are not here to only talk about spicy chicken sandwiches. We are we could, here though. to talk so, about that could Star be our Wars. Surprise. We're now a chicken <laughs> on May the fourth. We are pivoting to a strictly friends. spicy chicken sandwich <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we talk about all things spicy chicken sandwiches, <laughs> nuggets, maybe. no nuggets, no <laughs> nuggets, <laughs> only no, sandwiches. Nuggets is Patreon exclusive. <laughs> That's the oh, exclusive content. <laughs> Well, we we are here to talk about Star Wars, specifically talking about Alphabet Squadron Victory's Price. We're going over part two today, which specifically kind of covers chapter, what is it, chapter nine through chapter 16-ish, right? I think that's part two, and then there's a part three, and part four is very short. the next black page, I'm not sure. (laughs) What's a page? Uh, the the fourth part, I think, is only like one chapter. And when we get to that point, I think we're just going to lump three and yeah, four we're gonna, we're gonna together. We're going to do the rest of the book after this. For that episode. But uh, in, in chapter, in part two, uh, which is called Elements of a Malevolent Equation, we get a, a the ton deuce, of... The for short. Yeah, <laughs> the deuce. Uh, we get a lot of, we get a lot of uh, detail in this. And this was, some of these chapters were were really long. I mean, if you're on the audiobook, it's a 45 minute long chapter that's broken down into like individual parts. Yeah, this whole series is kind of like that cuz you get so yes. many point of view characters in each chapter that they're like 
30, 40, 50 pages sometimes. They're yeah. not quick. And there's no holding back on any of the details, which is great. Like they don't skip to like parts here or there. It's it's every detail that you could imagine. Like there was a great fight scene between Will Lark and Soren Keys in this. And I the detail of the writing and how they scripted the dogfight between the two of them, I absolutely loved. There was chapter 16, which was one of the longer chapters that we talked about, was so much detail, but it was focused mainly on Quell, Kairos, and um, uh, Chas, Chas, basically in this out abandoned Imperial base. And that chapter alone gave so much detail on the relationship kind of between the three. And, and Kyle, kind of what you were talking about last week with Kairos, finding out more about who she is, who Kairos is and what she is and why she is the way she is, like essentially molting. Right. Got a lot of information there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, when we, we, we left off in chapter nine, what was it? Um, Quell was going on a mission. Basically we had, she had broken from the battle right over Chattawith and that's where Chas and Kairos followed her. Right. Yeah, she, had she, her, was going she had on a her solo team mission. of people with her and, um, you, you don't know exactly what she's doing at first, but it turns out she's got the leftover parts of the creepy um, messenger emperor droid that like people either worship like a god or are totally freaked out by. Um, and she's trying to like get its memory checked out to see what it knows and how it knew who to go to and what planets it was picking for Operation Cinder and and um, what the thought process behind that all, which I was always that was assuming cool. that it's just the emperor being crazy and vindictive. But, um, you know, I guess if you are part of the empire, you don't want to really believe that, you know? Yeah. And then of course, chess and Kairos trying to chase her down, but uh, hyperspace, you can't really just guess. So it took them a while, but they end up getting there. Mm-hmm. They tracked her through just the paths that she was going. She they ended up on some kind of what was it like trajectory. a droid? What was it like a droid outpost? It was some kind or of something? outpost. Yeah, it was like a fuel mining or or processing, and it was run by droids. And maybe it, there was some kind of uprising. Yeah, the droids I took think. over. over. Yeah, yeah. It was weird because they were almost I don't want to say full AI, but they were very independent of any owners or masters or anything like that they were just self-sufficient there was no uh i didn't think there was any organic people on the on oh, no the planet no there totally outpost, were, were there? they like, were making the they yeah slaves. they had former imperial people <laughs> oh, working right. for them like like they were droids yeah, that's right. and then you could come and yeah. fuel up and do stuff on the outpost if you weren't like one of the imperial because they yeah. were saying how there were other people there like doing business and such but Oh, yeah. that's right. Refueling yep. and things. And, and that, that surgeon droid she went to so was, cool. uh, he was running his own gig. Yeah. He wasn't answering <laughs> to anybody. That's for sure. But he well, was and very that's, cool. and now that I recall that, that's why, uh, was it Kendende? He, the pi yeah. one of the pilots that went with Quell, who was very committed to the cause of the messenger oh, droid, basically volunteered as a payment for, yeah. The droid was yeah. like, all right, I'll stay here because I feel that that's what the emperor would have wanted and what the messenger droid was telling me. So he just stayed yeah. there and they're like, 
oh, okay. For something like <laughs> 10 years or seven years or something. Like it was a while. It wasn't, it wasn't a short um, indentured servitude. No, no. But that surgeon droid was sassy. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a little sassy. He was, says uh, when they was, I think he was dissecting the thing. And he says, it's a legacy of a dying galactic government, messy organic business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants <laughs> Loved no, that. No interest. No, no interest in the affairs of men. No, um, you know we we Chas and we, we mentioned a little bit Chas and um, Kairos catch up with uh, Quell. They end up capturing mm-hmm. her basically, and they uh, come under fire from the other group that was with she, her. Right? Or she had already separate- had a falling out with um, with her Imperial buddies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly why. But they had kind of like. Who does she not have problems with? She's like always in trouble with everyone. But they had her locked in the bathroom while they were deciding what to do with her. Um, And that's when Chas and Kairos show up and they Mm -hmm. come in, guns blazing. And Quell escapes through like a not really big enough um, hole in in the bathroom wall. And. It eventually gets chased down by Chas and drug back to their U-wing, mm-hmm. but they took damage and they are stuck like just yeah. outside the atmosphere of this little outpost place. And I think it was mostly her Imperial buddies were just trying to find out what the mission was. Is that right? Like they didn't trust her enough with what was going on, I thought. It wasn't about, or what was, well, she, what was she it? She was what? never giving them the full information, um, was, but that, I, th- I think was they somehow they, found out she had, she had, uh, worked with the other side or. Well, cause I they had heard, remember. they had heard Chas on oh, that's right. the thing and they said, well, wait, we don't, we don't trust you. How long, you know, what did you tell them about us? So, I mean, she's got this, this double agent business going on back and forth when well, she's doing a terrible job of it frankly because she <laughs> keeps getting caught by everyone right, she's been right. a double agent for both sides and both sides caught her she's yeah. not good at it so we get to so when quell and chas and and kairos take off kairos basically leads them to her planet yeah that what, was i don't i still don't I really was, understand was that, that fallujah it was never. It was it never just, identified. It was never named. Name That's okay. the whole thing right. with Kairos is they gave us just enough more information about her, so that she's not like a complete question mark. But we still don't really know anything super she's concrete. She's so confusing. Yeah. 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 What, uh, Maggie? What did when when they got to this other planet and they find this abandoned um, imperial base you, and kind you of skipped take over up- a part? I have a question about. Okay, let's go. Does anybody have a, so they were like their hyperdrive was broken and their nav nav or their nav computer was broken. So they could go into hyperspace, but they couldn't plot a course, um, which is very dangerous. And so they're like just floating there for a while, hiding from these droids and Kairos like just points and it's like, okay, I know where to go. And just like blasted into hyperspace and landed on her planet. Like how did Mm -hmm. she, do that <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to do that <laughs> Kairos definitely um, seems to be otherworldly yes like very much so from the way that she talks about her people being like pure and 
her weird, just her weird mannerisms and the bit when she like takes off her cloak and she's just very like not quite right. <laughs> well, and I think she says at one point when she's talking to Quell and uh, when she like she recognized when they were on the planet that her people were coming, I think. Mm-hmm. But when she was talking to Quell and Chas, she says something about being a message like she herself was kind of a messenger between two worlds like yeah there which was the stars and the physical world which was represented by quell and chas and in the people and the planets and things so i think she is very much something otherworldly in this in this story oh see i i took that as like a a primitive or more primitive, like not spacefaring people's ex- explanation between their planet and then everything that is not of their planet. That's how mm. I took it too, because she went into a whole thing about um, they're not supposed to come into contact with anything from the stars. And that's why, um, or from outside of their planet, basically they, they have like a lot of weird terms, but so you're not supposed to touch and they're not supposed to see you. And that that's why she did the whole thing when she was injured with Hera, Hera wasn't allowed to touch her. She just like held the wrappings out and she like kind of leaned into it and they did this weird thing. And, um, she She was healing blood transfusions. Yeah. So when she was uh, captured by the Imperials and they were experimenting on her and carving into her and, and all these things and, one, I think she killed those people. So the people who saw her and touched her and whatever, they were gone. And then she covered herself in this cocoon and this helmet. And she said she was healing. She was, you know, letting those blood transfusions, like you were saying, like mm-hmm. be replaced by your own blood and like healing mentally and physically and all these things. And, um, there was, there's a lot of, I, I read it like Josh, that it was kind of like a tribal, you would say primitive indigenous, like kind of belief system. And they have these, um, those, I don't know, totems or effigies or whatever underground Mm -hmm. in the cave. And Mm -hmm. she was kind of, um, leaving that for her people because she said that they could never see her like that. Um, she would be shamed and they would never accept her and they wouldn't understand. And, so she kind of left that to leave that part of her behind on on good terms and have a little bit of closure, I think, and and try to move on with her her new people. Which you you know, but it's like Josh said, they gave enough information that you're like, oh, that that like a little bit makes sense, but also I still have about 327 <laughs> so many questions. unanswered questions. Yeah. <laughs> still so much more to be covered. Um, while this is going on though, we have, you know, what's going on back with Hera and above Chattawith, which was a, an Imperial occupied planet and everything that was kind of transpiring there. We do get this awesome dogfight. Basically Soren Keys calls out Will Lark and says, look, let's just do this one-on-one other, other way, way around. around. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Soren Keys that called him out. Will Will Lark was rope doping him. He was mm. like, "Enough people have died. Um, I know that you have honor from what I've read in your file and from what um, did he say from what Erica told him? Yeah, because then that was like dual confirmation to uh, 
Soren that they did work together. And um, he he drew him out. He he put him on the spot because these they're using open communications. That's a whole part of the plot line with the radiation around the planet that you can only broadcast comms to everybody. So everybody's hearing this, and all of his his uh, Tie Fighter pilots are hearing him get called out. So he basically has to do it. But also, he's like a pilot at heart, and he wants to do it too. And he feels like he oh he was win. excited. And, yeah. Oh yeah, but it, it was really really cool. Yeah, he was excited to do that. And I love that he gets in there and there's a quote from Keyes. He says, Will Lark, I do this without hatred of malice. And he basically was like, no all right. He even mentioned he he's like, him. Yeah. he respects him. And he's like, but you're not as good as me. And he recognized that there was a point where Lark hesitated. He says, Lark hesitated when he should have killed. And that's when yeah. Keys took advantage of him and got behind. I think that's when he got behind him and basically was on the offensive again. And that's when he, he was toying with him for a while. He was just kind of stalling. And then he gets that message from Quell or an incoming transmission from the ship that says, hey, we got the message from Quell. We've received the data. And at that point, he went, all right, I'm done playing now. And just finally took it mm. to Will Lark and shot him down. See, I don't, I don't think Soren is better. I think Will is better. The only difference is that Will could have won. He had the chance because Soren messed up. He went too close around some thing, whatever. I can't remember exactly, but Will caught him and he could have shot and he hesitated. And it's like you said, he doesn't have that killer instinct because he's not a killer. Um, and I think that is what he has really learned throughout this war is like the, the fighting part of it. But when it comes to flying and like the actual flight of the craft and that, like he, he's better than anybody out there. And that's his whole, like he's been flying since he was a young kid and back home and the 120 and all that. Um, mm -hmm. so I think he's maybe less successful because he's not as willing to just kill someone, especially he's developed some kind of relationship with these uh, people that they're fighting. Um, but I think he, as an actual pilot, he's as, as good as anybody out there. Mm. I agree. Ahead, Although I was, my thought that I, that the thought that I came up with has nothing to do with what you just said. So I feel like I'm derailing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we really love i feel like in our pop culture like that uh honorable enemy like enemy that i respect thing mm -hmm. like oh, i feel yeah. like it goes bad like the the earliest thing i can remember there was i can't remember um his name you justin you might remember remember because you were around back then but th there was that like nazi general that Patton respected <laughs> But I can't because he was like such a great tactician. Oh, it, it was the tank uh, tank commander in. Um, <laughs> He's playing uh, right into your fought hand in right Africa. There. Yeah, uh, like in those battles, Hummel I believe. or something like that was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was like, yep. and that wasn't just like in the movie. That was like a thing that we even played out like in popular culture at the time like oh he's just a general he's not like he's a nazi but he's not like he's just doing his general thing and he's you know honorable whatever and, and it's the same reason like people like thrawn so much because he's like he's an imperial but he's also like he respects Hera Sandula and he like and he um mm -hmm. you know it's that whole it's that whole thing mm -hmm. i just I, it's interesting because this totally plays into that thing with between 
Soren Keys and and Will and Soren Keys and Erica and I mean he's like a true believer, but at the same time he like doesn't trust the Empire or the the um, the New Republic to to not screw over the people that he cares about, you know, his troops or whatever. It's 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 really interesting. Mm-hmm. He's not definitely not a good guy, but at the same no. time he has all no. these like good qualities that you wouldn't like qualities that like Palpatine right. doesn't have, right? Well, well and keep, and fr- go ahead. Go sorry, ahead from a story standpoint, like any character that is relatable is more interesting, oh, yeah. you know, just in yeah. general. And so, why I don't think most of us can relate directly to I'm just evil for the sake of evil. You know, I just want right. to hurt people to hurt people. No. That doesn't like no. that doesn't mean there's no place for that in yeah. in story. People do love the Joker. Well, like, <laughs> It's one of the reasons why antagonists are usually the best characters because they're motivated. And oftentimes mm-hmm. protagonists don't have a motivation other than defeating the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting that you brought that up because that's a, a bold risk on Will Lark's part, right? To not have that killer instinct, right? And you're in the middle of a dogfight and you go, well, ah, I'm not going to pull the trigger. To him, he was killing time. He was trying to buy time for the Y wings to come around the planet and blow up the escorts. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't care so much if he won or lost that. Do- in in my interpretation of this, Will didn't care as much if he won the dogfight because he didn't have an ego about it, and he didn't particularly want to kill somebody. Um, he was like doing this whole thing to give the fighters a chance to get away, maybe save some lives, and then the the Y wing bombers to come around the planet. Mm, good point. So. I half agree with that. I thought he was buying time for people to escape, but I thought Naf was like, well, I mean, Will's got everybody distracted. We might as well continue on our mission. I thought he said something about, I got your message. Like I understood what you were saying. Like he knew that Will was intending for that to happen. I, I thought that was in there and I could be wrong. We can go back and check it. Yeah, maybe. And it's, it's, it's hard too. Cause I mean, you, you know, as a leader that, right, that's a good thing to do to help your team to win the cause. And I'm, I'm, if I remember correctly, the, uh, the Y wings took some serious damage. They lost quite a few of them. So it was like two people by the end of the book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it seemed almost futile that you're going to go distract this one guy, but yet your Y wing squadron is going to take such a big hit. Um, but you know, and it, but looking at keys, he even mentions in the book that Imperial protocol, after he shot down Will's a wing, he saw the ejector seat go out and he said, Imperial protocols would dictate that you go back and you shoot the ejector seat mm-hmm. and he lost sure sight of it. The job. Yeah. Make sure you finish the job. And he, I believe he lost sight of it for a little bit. And then he circles back once or twice and just bombards the area that he thought the ejection uh, sprays seat and praise. He didn't have time yeah. to stop. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to get back to the ship because they got Quell's message. So he's getting back up for the data. But to me, it was almost like, Okay, if you were super strict, leave a little opportunity for Will to survive. Come on. Yes, yes. Uh, But that that kind of says, all right. Well, he shook off those imperial protocols to go. All right. Well, I got other things to go do. Right. I don't necessarily need to make sure that this kid's toast. Right. He's also recognized already that like imperial doesn't really mean anything anymore. 
he all, all he can do is survive and protect and as many on. of his people mm-hmm. as he can. Yep. And he knows there's a bigger mission on the horizon than just well, dealing got, with one A-wing pilot. In this section of the book, he got called to Jakku and was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, see you never. Like, that's a death trap. So they're about to, I think, go skedaddle. I don't know. I haven't read the last part of the book yet, but I feel like he's going to not choose to go engage in that. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a cool section. And, and we do learn that Will survives. Yay. Hooray. Spoiler alert. Will survives. <laughs> the main character doesn't die in the middle. He's in I'm bad shocked. shape. <laughs> uh, he's in pretty bad shape. But there, Hera alerts... Um, What's his name? Uh, why can't? Why is his name escaping me at the moment? Nath. Nath. Thank you. Hera alerts Nath, Nath that, um, hey, Will's alive. You know, let's go. He's headed to the medical bay. Let's go see him. And he goes and talks to him. And, and Will does allude to Nath that he says something about he was ready to go home. He was ready to die yeah, he, at that yeah. point. Yeah. I've, he also said he's ready to like literally go home. Because his he's uh, so ready he, to go home. He tells he tells Nath that he got that message from the there's a name for it that I can't remember, but it's like the elder um on his home planet that he was the last one. Every yeah. other um all the other hundred and twenty have either died or or come back and he's the last one and he told him, I'm I'm ready to go. I wanna go home. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Which is something he's been holding in and, and kind of hiding from them because he's known that for a little while now at this point. Yeah. What? Um, so we got a big uh, alluded to the fact that there was a lot of details that they were able to pull from the messenger, the emperor's messenger droid. Uh, there wasn't a lot like they said, basically, there was a lot of data that was extracted Um one of them was, I think it was, was that in the next chapter? Maybe I read ahead a little bit. Uh, was it the coordinates? All, everything kind of alluded to one. Oh, there, yeah, it was chapter 12. One grand source of coordinates where basically mm-hmm. all of this was coming from. What do you guys think the messenger, knowing, I mean, some of you have finished this without alluding it and going forward ahead. What do you think the information is from the messenger droid that was pulled out? Anybody have any thoughts? I really don't know. She said specifically that she, that those coordinates mean something to her. I think like she recognized them cause they weren't named or anything. Um, it was just the coordinates. Um, I, I don't know though. That's still like a big question mark to me. That's going to get filled in in this third section. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the section chapter 16, like I said, was a long chapter. But it was a really good chapter. It was so much detail in that. Um, you know, we we kind of learned that there is this giant battle looming. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Uh, basically, a just giant confrontation of imperial and resistance, and and it it's on the horizon. It's moving. It's moving towards us, and we're going to get more into that in uh, chapter three and the end what else did you guys pull out of this section that you guys really liked or really enjoyed i i love the go ahead i love the chas and erica stuff their dialogue was so good and chas is just like so wounded it's some really good storytelling yeah we kind of Mm -hmm. breezed over when she beat the crap out of her when she picked her up like need her and everything (laughs) she was and her whole like i wish you had died like why didn't you die like oh 
broke her nose, didn't she? Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think when she when she surrenders to Hera, she's like it even mentions her nose is crooked. We, we've never <laughs> talked about this, but they've said a couple times that that Erica just breaks bones easily. Some condition from when she was younger, so she's broken a lot. She's very fragile in this series, like ribs, arms, shoulders, nose multiple times. She's cracked her skull multiple t- like she keeps breaking bones. Yeah. She's a, yeah. a very fragile girl. The miracle of Bacta. That's what this is. The <laughs> miracle of Bacta. Um shoot. So, okay. No, it came back into my brain. Um this I I love that this this whole thing spans Endor to Jakku like I don't think I realized like this is the book where they started really referencing Jakku 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 mm-hmm. like and I think really in this second part of the book and it it just having that end point on it really like even more so put all of this in like a specific frame of time um and I re- I really like that um and it it's uh not to get into that last part of the book, but it's it's just um, like I almost feel like obviously there's little other little stories you can tell, but we've kind of just like filled in that that one year after the war. Like we we have like a pretty mm-hmm. like a relatively complete picture of what happens in that time um, down to some pretty minute details, which is pretty cool. And then one thing I just wanted to point out for you two that didn't listen to the uh, the book, um, we we got to we. We got to the end in this section. We got to the end of the battle over the planet, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, when the over Chattawith, yeah. So when the Imperials yeah. that are stationed on there turn and attack, oh, what okay. a turd! So yeah, Madrigast? yeah, Madrigast. He's the uh, worst, General Madrigast. Yes. So just Ugh. just to, just to color this a little bit more for you for you two, um, I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but he he has a brogue, and I can't remember if it's more of a Scottish accent or an Irish yes. accent. But it just that like we're never gonna surrender. It doesn't matter. Kind of like speech that he gives is even more intense because of that voice. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah. like William <laughs> Wallace imperial bullshit. Like it's 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 really cool. And he he was he was straight up trying to pull some Haldo maneuvers. He basically yeah. turned the ship into uh, what's their what's um little pre-boma uh the unyielding yeah his is his ship is the unyielding <laughs> and what's Hera's ship the ghost. is it defi- defiant no <laughs> it is a ghost <laughs> no it? not that one the Deli- the cruiser the deliverance she's deliverance yeah. yes the yeah, deliverance he basically turned the unyielding and was like all right i'm just gonna ram my ship into theirs and tried to pull some hold them and you got a pretty mouth which I don't stop it i don't know i don't know why the holdo maneuver like Everybody acts like that's the first time we've ever seen a starship. Like starships have been crashing into yeah. each other as a means of destroying one another since the very first. Well, like with, it happens. Well, not all with, the with time. hyperspace like that. I think that's the the difference. That was the difference. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, she did it faster, but like it's not bring, an unknown bring me a thing. hammerhead Corvette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rogue um, One. Yeah, I I really liked this. Uh, the stuff with. Erica and and Chas and Kairos, she is like mending this relationship. It's still very fractured, but it's like it's getting there. They're working on it, and you can tell Chas has lost that like complete burning rage, and now she's just like mad at her. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and Kairos has found out what happened to, um, Aiden. Is that his name? Yeah. Karen. And, yeah. And yeah. And, and Ito, ITO. Yeah. Is that what they, um, and now she has like this bond with Erica because she was there when they died. And now Kairos can't take her eyes off her and let her out of danger. And there's this whole, like, uh, not a life debt, but like some weird bond. I can't remember what she called it. And then they get back to the deliverance and Hera greets her with welcome back. And you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. And they do a really good job of that. At like the end of every section, like, Oh crap, that's not what I expected. And oh, I've got I can't wait for you now. to read the next section. I got one chapter into the next section. Oh. I stopped after that. I was like, all right, I can't go too far. I got to save it for next week and then I'll get into it. I I was just having a really great conversation about the, the next half with some friends. So I can't wait to bring it mm. soon. I will say about the like welcome home thing with Hera. I do like that. They at least gave you, mm-hmm. they gave you that scene from like Hera's perspective. And so you, Hera mm-hmm. has that thought of like, obviously there's a lot more that we need to, we, that needs to be said and done with with Erica, but like in this moment, I'm this is what I'm gonna do. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you get to see those decisions she's making as a leader. Like, what's the best thing I can do for morale and for the the team and for everybody? You know, she's she's this, smart. This book builds hair. Like Hera is a character with like such a rich, like she's such a rich character already. But the stuff that we get about her and her internal monologue and how she how she treats people and how she functions as a leader. Um, just like, it's like the icing on the cake after the stuff we already know about her from rebels. So. I think it was, um, I think one of the things that helped, uh, quell soften that relationship too, is basically when they were trapped on this planet, they kind of shared stories of where they had been, uh, essentially for the last, you know, couple months or whatever. And Mm -hmm. Erica's, uh, Erica's like, well, yeah, I was trapped on some, planetoid with ito and uh and uh uh, karen aiden and they both died and we found some weird uh some weird uh spaceport thing that took me forever to get into temple and i found a spaceship in there and uh she tells him that and then and then chas is like yeah i joined a cult and like it was like okay so we both kind of have these messed up stories right like this is a little weird and i think that kind of helped soften it to, to for them to explain for them to explain to each other what what had happened to him over that mm-hmm. period of time and they were both like we were both in some weird situations and it affected us greatly i think it's interesting uh, one of the relationships i really loved was erica and soren keys uh, she still had i mean she has so much respect for soren keys and she's still sending him messages uh, towards the end of chapter 16 you find out basically hey she's still communicating uh, with keys on uh, the info on the messenger droid. Um, and then kind of there's a back and forth of, all right, what's happening on your end? What's happening on our end? And Soren's basically saying there's a giant battle coming. It's imminent. There's not much we can do about it. And uh, what she, she texted or she texted, <laughs> she messaged uh, space texted, like what, what action I think was what she repeated it was something along those lines, like what action to him multiple times and without him directly saying, I have to take the 204th and go into this battle. 
you know, he's, he just basically said it's imminent. Uh, so it was, it was, it was interesting to see that relationship. Uh, I did like the introduction of Moff Rand there at the end, who's part, part, uh, human part cyborg or something i don't even know what he is anymore but he's like he's more machine than man vo- yeah <laughs> he's got like the vocoder and he's got uh he sounds like an interesting character because he's just part man part machine but he's still serving the empire and he's the one talking with keys about this giant battle on coming to jakku so and the empire's got no problem with cyborgs and augmented humanoids it's uh it's, it's alien just the aliens species. they don't mess mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Except for Thrawn. They well, love, they love they're, Thrawn. They're racist right up to a point, you know. It's like, <laughs> what can you do for me now? They're so right. racist that they have one token member of the administ- of the entire <laughs> academy. And, and, and they wrote it. three books about how hard he had to work to actually get up in the ranks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, section two, though, outstanding. Details... Uh, is there is there anything I missed in this section that that you guys probably? Just, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, I, we didn't read one, the whole thing, so <laughs> that's okay. So Josh and I are listening to the audio books, and and I covered this on the first one that we did. It's a different. What do I want to say? It's a different um, voice speaker. talent, different speaker doing the book in this one than the previous two. But the way that it it bugs me a little bit. The way that chass is portrayed especially in some of the dialogue with quell almost sounds like she's uh very young very did it change throughout valley girlish kind of like yeah yeah because the way that a lot of these characters were read from the first book to the second book to the third was different voice talents and it, it how they portrayed the characters and how they read the dialogue is different to me, and it may be different for Josh, but she seems very young. I don't want to say young and naive, but she's very, I don't know. Valley girl may not be the the ter- term, but like very sassy with, and I, I get it. Like galaxy far, far away. The way that it was read was very sassy in the, in the dialogue between her and Quell instead of more of a kind of heartfelt conversation that they should have had based on their relationship. Does that make sense? Some of the times she sounds like a huffy 16 year old when, yes. when, but see the thing for me is I I'm, that's kind of how I read it yeah. too though. I, yeah. She's very mad. At I don't remember the other voices well enough to, to notice the difference, I guess. And I'm familiar with, with January Lavoy. Um, from other star Wars books. So I like until you, you said that on the last episode and I, I thought, <laughs> I didn't even realize like I, it'd be interesting <laughs> for me to go back and like, listen to a little bit to see like how yeah. she's performing. Cause yeah, I don't even, didn't even register with me, which is kind of wild. So <laughs> yeah, no, she, I mean, she does a great job. Like she, the, the read is smooth. Everything sounds great. I love Quill. I love, Erica Quell, her Erica Quell that she does. Um, I love her soaring keys. Her soaring keys is really good as well. But uh, yeah, it just sounded at times some of the dialogue was like, to your point, was like angsty 16 year old versus we're more adult and we're having this conversation because you hurt me kind of thing instead of, but it's more like sassy and mm, I don't know. I don't want to say like immature-ish, I guess, is the way, like an immature relationship dialogue. Yeah. 
I will say, uh, I think I having listened to a bunch of different um, Star Wars Star Wars books and other books, just with a you know a female narrator doing like a lot of different male voices. Um, I would say January Lavoie's male voices sound more like a like I I've listened to a lot of books where the performance wasn't necessarily bad, but it definitely sounded like a woman trying to sound like a man when doing the man voices. Whereas like, I didn't feel like January, January's performance is like really good. Like I didn't feel it's the Mm. same thing. Like Mark Thompson's has like one female human voice. (laughs) They all kind of like, and there's like a little twinge that, you know, um, sounds a little bit different. Like if it's Leia or something, but you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's, but hers, hers are, hers are really good. Herman Calamari, her Admiral Akbar is 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 not my favorite, but um, <laughs> that's a tough one in general, yeah. though. It is, but that's also is. just because I think her, Mark's is so good. Like he has all you can feel. It feels like Mark has like the gills and the blubber in his face, like the slobbery, you know, voice. <laughs> I just have this picture of Mark Thompson now with the gills and the blubbery face. Uh, Very her, moist mouth, the Mon Calamari yeah. have. Yes, Mouthful. her general matter gas with the Scottish brogue I thought Very was pretty good. good. I I thought that was actually pretty good. I can just see this like huffy imperial general, like wah, wah, you know, like kind of guy. If so, it's not imperial, yeah. it's crap. <laughs> I know exactly. I, know. Was, uh, I just I was hoping you guys would get the reference. <laughs> And on the next Star Wars Friends, it'll be the Star Wars Friends doing impressions. Spicy chicken sandwiches will be the spicy chicken friends. Popeye is still Spicy chicken reviews. The best chicken in the outer room. Uh, any other thoughts on the second section before we uh, we blow this thing and get out There's of here? There's a place on Mustafar that has a really good spicy chicken sandwich. Little, mm. oh, little overcooked. Little overcooked. fiery. But... Mm. Gosh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would be real hot, like lava. Too hot to eat. Spicy. Too spicy. Like melt, like melt in your mouth. It might be melt in your mouth. You've got something. <laughs> while while you're melting your mouth, melting one of the too. two. <laughs> uh, does it beat Dex's diner? Is it a blackened spicy chicken? Sandwich? chicken. Uh, that <laughs> little yeah, overcooked and a chicken sandwich and a side of tube chowder. Mm. Tube chowder. Oh. Tube chowder. <laughs> and it would be so warm. Gross. Ugh. Oh, the foods of Star Wars. How we love them. They sound so appetizing. Not the tube (laughs) Tube chowder. chowder. You can miss me with the tube (laughs) chowder. Uh, Well, if nobody has anything else on section two, why don't we we blow this thing and get out of here? What do you say? We're all killer, kid. I was supposed to say go home. (laughs) You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go I love that 70s vibe. It's awesome. <laughs> hey, I was at the end of the 70s, not uh, not during the 70s. Uh, I feel like this could be the end of a game show or something right it now. It does. I know. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Like, like Thank I you for joining a, us. I just want a prize. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, we do thank you guys for joining us, as always. Um, feel free, reach out to us on any one of our social media platforms, at SW Friends Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we did update our email address. It is Star Wars Friends Podcast at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, topics, you just want to hit us up with comments, please feel free to reach out to us there. Star Wars Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, my name's Justin. You can reach me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend, the earless gundark on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. <laughs> and this is Maggie, and you can follow me over on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, you can you can go out to anywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts, leave us a review. We love to hear them. We love to see them. Leave us smash a review. That like button. You smash the like button. Leave us a review. <laughs> We've got a live stream coming up uh, this Friday, April 2nd. It's our luminous live stream, 730, right? Or 8, Tune 8 o'clock. In. 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Eastern time. Doesn't hurt to be early. It's all right. No, no. Come join the fun. We'll, it's like we, the Falcon love... said, you're either early or you're late. You got to pick one. <laughs> we <laughs> love hanging time. out with you guys on friday so please 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 come join us um love having you next show we're going to cover three and four into victory's price close it out and i cannot wait for the epic conclusion of this trilogy it's been exciting yeah all right guys we're going to end this in classic fashion may the force be with you always kairos josh isn't doing it right (laughs) josh i'm gonna turn this ship around (laughs) Justin, make Josh do it the right way. (laughs) Don't make me reach my hand back there. (laughs) All right, kids. Later. Bye.